You can go ahead and have a seat today. Welcome. Um, man, how are you guys doing today? The kids can go ahead and go on upstairs. Looks like they beat me to that. So if you hear a bunch of trampling and stuff, it's just them up there having a good time. You can go join them if, you, if you'd like. But we're going to have a great time here this morning. Uh, a couple things I want to let us know about uh, coming up. Okay, October 19th and 20th is a men's retreat. I want, I want every guy, if you can, be there. So just save that time, October 19th and 20th. If you know uh, guys that you want to join, then, then bring them as well. And then uh, December 24th, we're going to have a Christmas Eve program. And then February 8th and 9th, we're having a marriage retreat, a marriage seminar. So um, all, you, all you ladies can nudge your husbands and husbands nudge your um, wives because that's going to be good. Okay, so there's that. Also, I wanted to let you know that we are um, on version. So if you have your phone, you can pull that out. You can search for Church Project. All the notes are on there today. So yeah, we're pretty techie and savvy and stuff like that. So welcome. We're so glad that you're here. This is our first gathering in this wonderful building, uh, and it's, it's pretty monumental that we're here. Uh, we, we moved here, and people joined us just over a year ago. We had some, some little official gatherings, and starting in January, we started this thing called Project Salt. We started meeting every week. We met over at Fellowship Building by Lowe's, and uh, it was a pretty incredible time. Then we went into the summer and we were really seeking God. God, what do you have for our little church body, this little gathering that, that we're calling Project Salt? And man, did he shake us up. We were meeting on Saturday nights. He said, now nah, you're going to go to Sunday mornings. You're going to change your name. You're going to be Church Project because we, I, I, I want to redeem that name. I want people to know church and I want it to know love. And so we changed it to Church Project. And then we started meeting in our house. <laughs> if you were in our house, awkward, really really awkward. It was, it was a lot of fun. I just, I preached in my pajamas. It was great. It was awesome. And, and so last week, hallelujah, it was our last Sunday there. So our house is really trashed this weekend. We didn't clean it at all and we're not going to. We're not going to clean it for a couple weeks. So don't come over. And we're here. We're here. Now, so I want to jump right into this. And if you're taking notes or following along on version, uh, go ahead and title, the title of this is this. Jesus wants you to come alive. Jesus wants you to come alive and he wants to restore you. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. There you go. We're going to talk a little bit, so I hope you're alright with that, okay? Jesus wants you to come alive and Jesus, he wants to restore you. Amen. Yeah, there you go. I like that. This is good. Um, Jesus, in the Bible, is all about restoring his, his story is all about restoring. And this is just me kind of shotgunning some things that came to mind. But, but, but maybe you can think of others to add to this list. Here's a little bit for me. He restores Peter. We just walked through the book of 1 Peter. He restores Peter who was what? A backstabber and a liar. And Jesus restored him. He restores a prostitute. And a woman caught in adultery restores them. Loves them. He restores Paul, a murderer. He restores Paul. He restores sanity to a demon-possessed man. He restores sight to the blind and health to the sick. He restores the physical temple. He went in and dumped things over and said, Don't turn my father's house into this. He restores it. He even restores life. He gives life. He restores purpose. And today you can smile because he wants to restore you. 
Amen. 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 He does. He touches that which is dead and it comes alive. He touches that which is dead and it comes alive. Church Project, all of us, all of us right here, we've been able to restore this building, right? I don't know if you saw it before we started working on it and all that stuff, but this was a, a jazzer-sized building. There were nice stars right there. Maybe some of you came and worked out here. It was all white up here. The stage wasn't here. That wasn't there. The carpet wasn't here. I mean, we have been able to come in and we restored this building. It's pretty cool, right? And, and, and it, even as much as we've restored this, I want to be very careful from the beginning to say this, that church is about people, not buildings. It's about us. We are the church. This is just a restored piece of property that can burn down. We are the church. Jesus wants to restore his people. And so as we look around, just look around, take it in. And as we drive here every week, and as we pass by it, and as we think about this location, may this building serve us as a physical reminder of what he wants to do in the lives of the people. May this building serve us as a physical reminder of what He wants to do in the lives of us. This is just the beginning. We've been able to restore this building. May it remind us of what God wants to do in our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. This isn't a perfect building, is it? I mean, just smell. <laughs> it's not... A perfect building. It gives me headaches sometimes. There, there, there's, it's, it's bad. Uh, so we're working on that smell. Don't go away, okay? You can look on the walls. There's scratches on the walls. You can look around and it's imperfect. Well, guess what? I'm looking around and I'm looking in a mirror and I'm seeing imperfect people with scratches and holes in their lives and I'm seeing stench. We are not perfect people. We are messed up and we have scratches on our walls just like this building does. Some of us in this room, some of us feel like something on the inside of us has died. I mean, we came in here, we have smiles on, we may even have a church project shirt and coffee in our hands and we may look good, but some of us right now, something inside of us feels like it has died. Some, some of us feel like we've done stuff that no one could forgive, especially God, Right? Some of us feel that way. Some of us feel like we've never really been able to do what makes us come alive. Like we're just going through the motions in this life. Some of us feel like our dreams died a long time ago. And they won't come back. Some of us feel like God could never use us for what we've done and how we've lived. Some of us have begun to place our identity in what we do instead of who we are. Some of us have, um, life has, has happened to us. It's just happened to us. And it's begun to throw in us a curveball. And we feel so overwhelmed. And we feel so desperate. Some of us are confused. And some of us are lost. Some of us are so, so completely tired. And so completely frustrated right now. Some of us feel like our life is dark. And it's empty. And it's filled with cobwebs. And we have scratches all over our walls. We are imperfect people. We've had hurt. We've had pain. We are empty. We've been abandoned. We feel dead. We have been crushed. Maybe by our own thoughts or people around us filling our heads with bad stuff. The story is this. 
Jesus wants you to come alive. You're imperfect. You have scratches on your walls and you smell. Jesus wants to restore you. Is this a great message of hope today? This is an awesome message. I don't know how other way to explain it other than I'm messed up and I need God. And I have messed up. And I need God. And I imagine every one of us in this room feels this way. I want us to walk through a Bible story today in Mark 5. If you have your Bible, open it up. If you need a Bible, they're back on the bookshelf. You can follow along on, on version. If you need a Bible, that's yours to take. If you don't have one, but you can use it today. Mark chapter 5, verse 22. It begins this story. And Jesus has just crossed the Sea of Galilee, and he's famous. Like, people want to get to know who Jesus is. And this guy Jairus comes up to him and falls at Jesus' feet and pleads with him because Jairus' daughter is very sick. And, and Jairus is, is uh, one of the synagogue rulers of that time. So he comes to Jesus and he falls down and he says, you know, come and, and just put your hands on her so she might live. So Jesus says, okay, I'll go to the house. And on the way, he gets distracted by, by other people that just want to touch him and, 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 and get his power and be around him because this is an incredible man. No one has seen this. No one has seen this life or felt this kind of love. And, and so Jesus is getting distracted as they're on their way to Jairus' house. And then you get to verse 35 in this, in this wonderful love story of redemption and healing. And what happens is, the, um, in verse 35, it's, people come and say, don't bother Jesus. Jesus, your daughter is dead. And they're telling this to Jairus. Don't bother Jesus. Your daughter has already died. Verse 36. Jesus looks at Jairus. Says, don't be afraid. Just believe. Wow. Can you put yourself in that moment? Don't be afraid. Jesus is looking at you. Your daughter's just died. Don't be afraid. Just believe. I love this story. They, they go, and, and I, I want to start reading in verse 38. Because this, this is you know, probably my second favorite passage in all of the Bible, okay? I, I love this right here. Okay, in verse 38, let's start reading. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. Verse 39, he went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. Verse 40, but they laughed at him. The people laughed at Jesus, but they laughed at him. After he put them out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. Verse 41, he took her by the hand and he said to her, Talitha Konum. I don't know how to say it. It's Aramaic, so I can't pronounce it. Which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Verse 42, immediately, immediately, verse 42, the girl stood up and walked. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. Wow, has something like this ever happened in your life? They were completely astonished. The things that, that jump out at me in this passage, I've, I've mulled over them, I've prayed over them, I've cried over them for years and years now. 
Because I, I just can't grasp these, these verses right here. I, it, just, it just doesn't hit me. But when it does hit me, it brings me to tears because I see the hand of Jesus in here. It's for His name's sake, He injects hope into despair. He restores that life that was dead. What I think is funny is right here, this is Jesus coming to this dead girl. And I think it's funny, as he walks in with the dad, people start laughing at him. And what does he have to do? He has to put them out of the room before he can perform a miracle. You know, one of the things that will keep us from Jesus restoring our life, and redeeming our life, are the naysayers. The people that are there laughing. The people that are there saying, why do you live that way? Why are you following that Bible? He, I mean, Jesus was a good teacher, but that's all he was. The people that are around our life whispering and throwing death our way and laughing when Jesus is in the room ready to heal. And what do we have to do? Kick them out. We have to get rid of them. I look at this and I say, Jesus was so serious about this. I look at Church Project Greeley and I look at our lives and what God has pulled together here. This little body right here. And I go, Jesus, what are you going to do in Greeley? I've run into opposition. Have you? Satan has tried to frustrate me. Has he tried to frustrate you? Satan has tried his best to derail me. Is he trying to derail you? How about your thoughts? How about what you go through day in and day out? I have scratches on my walls. Do you? And when Satan's winning in the day that I'm the worst, I look at those scratches more than I look at Jesus wanting to heal me. How does that resonate with you? Jesus is at the door. He's saying, I want to do a miracle in your life. I want to show you love like you will never understand. But first, all you naysayers, get out. The people that are serious, let's be here. Let's run after God. And we are going to see miracles in this place. So I invite you, if you're here, or listening on the internet or whatever, and you're playing around with this thing called Jesus, and you're laughing at Him, would you politely leave the room? Because I want to see something special here. And it's not about the building. The building stinks. It's about our lives. And Jesus restoring us. And bringing things that were dead to life. Amen? Amen. Think about this story. After the death. After the death. After the crying and wailing, after you've been laughed at, after the naysayers are put out of your life and out of the room, after he speaks to you, after you're healed, you will be completely astonished. Look at that. The last two words in that passage, verse 42. All this, after all this, at at this, they were completely 
astonished. Why does God want to bring things back from the dead? Why does He want to restore your life and give you hope and give you love? Why? So you will be completely astonished. Because you'll know that it's God working in your life. And you don't deserve it. That's beautiful. We walk in and we see love on the wall out there. Big, huge. I love that painting. Shannon Amazar did it. It's, it's on glass. It's beautiful. I think that word wraps up everything for us. Love. Well, one, we need love. And Jesus is chasing after us. He wants to love us. Two, other people need love. We all have scratches and we all need that love. Naysayers, would you kindly leave the room? God is up to something big. Is there something God is asking you to start or do or lead in or to charge at in your life? Is there something God has placed in your heart, a passion, a talent, a skill? Is there a relationship that needs to be restored in your life? Do you need to just believe God loves you for who you are? naysayers would you kindly leave the room God is up to something big my friend Jonathan and I just finished our our third book and it's called always throw the first punch and what we've been doing is taking um, lessons of the Bible stories that Jesus walked through and taught us and we've been turning them into leadership lessons for people that want to start something whether it's a church or a business or write a book or whatever we're trying to glean knowledge from Jesus and, and in one of the chapters this is, this is what we put okay when the leader loses heart and if you're starting something and God's placed something in you you're alive you're the leader of that when the leader loses heart loses fight so does that organization Frustration and retreat can set in overnight. Avoid the people who have become dream crushers and spend more time around those who motivate and encourage you. There is no way for us to know exactly what you are going through, but I can guess this. There is someone, a dream crusher, you need to stop listening to or a traitor you need to be, be rid of and you've got to put an end to it. It's hard. It takes courage, but you can do it. You've got to do it because Jesus is at the door and he wants to heal. So from here on, what would be your big ask for Greeley? Where is an area that needs restored? Where do you encounter people who need hope, life, purpose, a covering of Jesus? Some of us need to believe God and let Him restore us. Jesus wants you to come alive and He wants to restore you. I have a a little book here. And in, in this book, I started it as, as my family and I moved from Gunnison to Greeley just over a, a year ago. And I've got prayer requests in here, but I also have a section that I call it praise. 
Just praises. And it's something that God just, thank you, just, just gave it to us. And I have no idea. Here's my first entry. I'm going to go through a couple of these. I can't go through all of them, okay? I'm going to go through a couple though. Our car died in the, gri- in the driveway as we moved from Gunnison to Greeley. Okay, that's sad, but that's a huge praise. I mean, I got my family in the car. It's our only car we got. It died a block before we got to the house and coasted into the driveway. Why didn't it die on top of Monarch? I have no idea. That's a huge praise. That's how we started our time in Greeley. And then the second entry, our parents let, them, let us use their car. <laughs> For those of you that have been with us on this journey, I want you to kind of, maybe some of these will mean something to you. We partnered with, with the church project and they bought us our first website. Yeah, it's like a thousand bucks, a gift, just like that. We didn't have a thousand bucks. Thank you, church project. Then Fellowship Church and Don Orange and the wonderful people there, they let us meet in their building. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And then as our family, we went to the dentist, and then I couldn't afford work for the girls. And, you know, as a dad, I'm like, it needs to be done. And I, and I felt terrible. I couldn't afford it. And the, the dentist came out and, in essence, gave us $1,000 for free of work and said, I just love what's going on in your life. That brought me to tears. <laughs> Got a free meal at IHOP. Yeah. Oh, this is good. The Frey concert, Nashida. Yeah. <laughs> that night there was $25,000 raised for Love, One, or Love 146. Here's a special time for me personally. We just flat out needed money. And our friends sent us $1,000 from Gunnison. Oh, here's a good one. This affected all of us. The Burns decided to move to Greeley and join the work here. Yeah. Yeah? Here's another small one to you guys, but to me it was huge. We had lunch with some friends in Denver during a time we needed a break. Lauren's grandpa died. We had money to send her to a funeral. A big church in Texas sends us a sound system. We sell it and buy a better one. <laughs> Our friends Jason and Brooke took us to Breckenridge and we had an, an exciting time together and we were encouraged because they were church planners and still are. Nathan, my brother, and his wife have Zachary, my nephew. January 28th, 6 pounds, 14 ounces, 20.5 inches long. Um, Fellowship Church gives us chairs for our first house church. I'm skipping so many in here. Oh, this one is a good one. Got a very encouraging email after a hard project salt. I was discouraged that night. Got a great email. This is another small one. It was a warm and sunny day. And God gave me a fresh perspective. This one I still don't understand. We record all our messages. Went back after one of our gatherings and there was an air message and our CD was ejected. And it got recorded somehow. We didn't get to finalize it. If you're a techie, you'll understand. That doesn't make sense, but 
We recorded it. Thank you, God. Audra turns 11. Oh, Garrett Hamilton and Danny Pressler preach for the first time. David Shelley preaches for the first time. Darian gets an office to use for free from Christ Community Church in Allen Craft. Lauren and I celebrate our 14-year anniversary. Darren Gleghorn, the pastor of um, Northern Colorado Cowboy Church, gives us $5,000 to restore this building. God provides $9,600 to pay for this building for an entire year. We save a ton of money because we pay cash for the first year. Eric does electrical work so we have lights on the stairs for free. Ashita has a CD release concert that packs this house out, pushes us to our limits. The album hits number 49 on iTunes. There's more to go. There's a reason God brought us here and there's a reason you're here. God touches things that are dead and brings them to life. Are you paying more attention to the naysayers or are you listening to the voice of your king? That's a good thing to think about today. I'm going to ask Jeremy to come up and lead us in some more worship. We have every reason to celebrate, to smile. God has restored us. He's touched something that was dead and brought it to life, and we can celebrate that. Maybe you're in this room and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you. Please don't leave without talking to me. On your chairs are prayer requests and and little response cards. Maybe you want to fill that out. Maybe there's a prayer request you want to turn in for us. Fill that out. Over here uh, on on your right towards the back is, is a communion station. Man, He has brought life to us. He's covered over our scratched walls and our stinky smell with His blood. He's paid for everything. We can go and worship Him by taking communion. You pick up a a piece of bread that represents His body and just dip it in the grape juice that represents His blood and thank Him for restoring your life. You can worship Him through your offering back there. You can worship worship Him through singing, through praising His name. Do we have every reason to celebrate? Do we have every reason to celebrate? Amen. Let's stand up and let's celebrate being alive.